You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of another episode of the O2 Podcast Ohio Outdoor Podcast. You're stuck with me today. Andrew Mons is uh, off to the country. Well, the country of Florida, Florida, the state. I don't know. Good thing down there. Good for them. So he is. Uh, he's enjoying the nice sunny weather. Uh, I mean, it's like 50 degrees today here uh, in, in my portion of the Buckeye State. But man, it is pouring rain. So, uh, listen, good episode today. We got Dan Hood from the Wild. And for those of you that don't know Dan, he is a uh, a gear aficionado. Has a really good understanding of of the gear uh, and and all the new tech that's out there uh, and available to the modern hunter here in this state and abroad. Um, so check out check out the website o2podcast.com. Click on the shop tab, you'll see a lot of really cool access to gear. So uh, give that a look. Let's uh, let's run down the let's run down the news here. Andrew does a pretty good job of this. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep. Uh, keep the the fires going here let's uh dead air we don't want that we're gonna play radio here i'm trying to figure out how to work my dog on a computer listen turkey season's like 90 days away um for those of you keeping score so just uh keep that in mind turkeyseason.com check that out and we're under like florida we're more less than 40 days i mean we're down into the 30s so pretty uh pretty cool can't wait for that so I, there, there is one thing I saw on online. There was a big ice flow in Lake Erie, and some anglers, some ice anglers, were were stuck on that ice flow. Unfortunately, the Coast Guard was able to bring those guys home. So, if you are one of those anglers, listen to this, or you know someone, I love, we'd love to talk to those guys. Um, that is one crazy story. I saw they had to leave all of their um, fishing gear, ATVs, and sleds, and poles. I mean, it was, oh, man. I guess that's. Uh, Better, better than losing your life. So, all right. So here, let's check this out. Uh, Ohio DNR is optimistic on Lake Erie Sauger. The Sauger is alive and well. And this is a report from uh, the Outdoor News. Uh, so if you're not a, a subscriber to that, check them out. Outdoornews.com forward slash Ohio. They got a really cool uh, program going on there. So the Sauger is alive and well in the Ohio River. Not too long ago, the same could be said about the Sauger and uh, Lake Erie. So the state's been doing a lot of work. Um, on that, the state is optimistic uh, about good hatches uh, for sauger production. In 1968, the reported catch dwindled to 62 pounds for saugers. That's pretty. That's pretty wild. So, I mean, that's down from the Lake Erie catch record in 1885, 5.2 million pounds in 1885. So you're talking about 62 pounds of sauger. 
Ah, man, that's pretty wild. So uh, a lot of work going on up there uh, in Lake Erie. And so that, that kind of leads to the next story. This is a DNR staff report. So H2 Ohio expands to include uh, river watersheds. If you're not familiar with the H2 Ohio program, it's really neat. Get on the ODNR's website and just type in H2 Ohio. Um, so Ohio Governor Mike DeWine recently announced the expansion of H2 Ohio, the state's comprehensive data-driven strategy to improve water quality throughout Ohio. Since launching in 2019, H2 Ohio is primarily focused on water infrastructure replacements and low-income areas, statewide wetland creations, and the reduction of algal bloom causing agricultural runoff into Lake Erie. So this program is now going to expand. Uh, it says, we know that the river health in Ohio has improved tremendously in the last several decades, but there's still more work to be done, said Governor DeWine. Water is one of Ohio's greatest assets, and his administration is dedicated to protecting the invaluable resource. It's pretty neat. So there's been uh, $270 million allotted to funding H2 Ohio in the state's current operating budget. Uh, around $47 million of that is dedicated to uh, the H2 Ohio Rivers program, which is a new part of this program. So that'll be uh, in that uh, working in this budget, and that'll be worked on through the high EPA, high DNR, and the Honda Department of Agriculture. So pretty neat to see that. It seems like it's been a uh, a, a successful uh, program. And if you've listened to our um, interview with, with Mary Mertz, Director Mary Mertz of the Department of Natural Resources, she talked a lot about uh, the H2 Ohio program. It's pretty neat. So uh, we talked about this last week, but keep in mind the division is seeking reports for certain fur bearers. So if you are out trapping um, the DNR, is seeking reports on gray foxes, river robbers, black bears, and other fur bears. Reports can be submitted through Wildlife Reporting System at wildohio.gov and on the Ohio Hunt Fish Ohio mobile app. Uh, wildlife biologists use public reports to monitor populations of these uh, secretive species. So if you see any of those four-legged critters running around here in the Buckeye State, give them, uh, give them a call. So um, pretty much it on, on the news. There was some some interesting field reports that uh, that rolled through. Uh, that were kind of cool. So there's some new wildlife officers coming into the fray. Uh, congratulations to you folks. Um, let's see here. Central Ohio Wildlife District 1. State Wildlife Officer Adam Smith assigned to Logan County observed three anglers taking sawguy by snagging below the spillway in Indian Lake. The anglers were issued summons for taking sawguy by legal means paid total $600 fine. Cannot snag fish in the state of Ohio. Um, yeah, these are really cool. There's some really cool wild wildlife officer stories here. Uh, so if you listen to, to Pete Nevada, you know that um, our wildlife officers, they see some, some pretty crazy things and they do a lot of really good work. So I just got to meet one of our wildlife officers from uh, Muskingum County uh, the other day at an NWTF event. It was great uh, meeting her. She does a, a, lot of, a lot of really good work. So thanks for all of your service. All right, let's see. What else, what else we got? We got... Um, Turkey season's coming up. Check out turkeyseason.com. Click on the map. Uh, if, if you are planning an out-of-state hunt or you want to look at rules and regulations uh, for Ohio or whatever particular state you are turkey hunting in, that, uh, that's been a labor of love for myself. So give that a look. Um, check out the, the website, the o2podcast.com. Check out the uh, the products we've got for sale there. Some really neat, uh, really neat stuff. So you're getting into turkey season, getting into deer management. You know, over the uh, spring and summer, uh, there's all sorts of uh, gear there for you. So, that being said, I'm we're just going to dive into this. You guys don't want to hear me. I was not on this interview. I was out uh, doing work for the turkeys. So, um, Andrew and Dan handled this interview. So, thanks to the to those guys uh, for 
their worst. Thanks for listening to this program. Appreciate you guys. We will see you next week. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow. Feel like it's going to be a bad day. Yeah, I'm tired of shit and the coffee ain't hit yet. Damn, ain't that great. I don't want to go to work because my boss is a jerk and I'm not even that paid. I need a change in my life because I don't feel alive and there's nothing that makes me happy. Oh, hold my beer for a minute. I'm about to quit my job, cash in for a ticket. I'm going on a trip and I don't plan to visit. I'm going to stay there till I feel like I'm winning. Oh, and this is just the beginning. I need a big change, help me feel like living. I need a big swing, home runs I'm hitting and I'll never look back. Moving on till I get it all. Well, Dan, thanks for, for hopping on here today. Uh, we got Dan Hood from uh, Down and Go Wild. Uh, one of our buddies saw Dan out there at the ATA show. And I figured that having Dan come on and talk about what he observes at the ATA show would be a little bit different than what Paul and I see, um, because you have a pretty important role when it comes to managing the gear and the products that go wild, you know, has on their platform. Um, can you give us a quick rundown of exactly what your job is up at, uh, go wild? Yeah. So I'm the director of e-commerce operations at go wild which pretty much means uh, if we want to sell something, I figure out how to do that. So that's anything from getting inventory, getting assortment, getting good prices, figuring out how we're shipping it, how we're going to do returns, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, we go to shows like ATA and try to find kind of up and coming things, things that you might not be able to find at a Cabela's or something like that and see if we can work with them um, and maybe their existing storefront or their exi existing operations and figure out a way to get them onto the Go Wild platforms to get a little bit more exposure. So Jacob and I went out there. Jacob's kind of the uh, accounts rep guy. This trip, you know, we've got so many people in the pipeline for Go Wild that are just waiting for integrations and waiting to get loaded uh, that we weren't really looking for new business. We were just kind of meeting up with old people and getting updates on where we're at with the process of getting them on on site. But probably right now we've got like six months worth of work as far as getting, I don't know, 30 or 40 brands onto onto the platform. So we were, it was kind of nice because we weren't looking for, we were just kind of there to have a good time to shake hands. So it was a nice opportunity to see what everyone's working on, seeing what new products are are uh, about to get pulled on to go wild and kind of see how these companies are responding to, you know, what we already know hunters want and outdoors people want. So it was a good, good trip. And I should say we, it was in St. Louis, we're in Louisville, Kentucky, and we drove out in the morning, 6am in the morning, four hours. We're there all day, did a, a power dinner that night and then drove all the way back and we didn't get back to Louisville till 2am. So it was uh, quite the grind. It was a long day, man. Um, so tell me, in the past, when you you guys have gone, I mean, watching Go Wild grow over the years and the amount of SKUs and, and items you brought on to the platform, what are some of the success stories that you did you have picked up at a place like ATA or Shot or any of these where you guys are out checking new gear? Like, what what are a couple products that you've seen really take off on your platform? that you might have picked up at one of these shows? I mean, obviously the saddle hunting is the um, the the biggest category as far as uh, an emerging. And, and, you know, it's been around for forever, but as far as mainstream people getting into it and people swearing by it, 
uh, that was a product category that you really couldn't find at Cabela's and, and uh, some of the bigger box stores. Uh, so it offered an opportunity for us. Um, and for us, you know, saddle hunting is a category where people usually buy a whole bunch of stuff all at once. So compared to some of our other categories, like, like fishing or shooting sports, where someone might just be buying a lure or might just be buying some scope rings, um, someone getting into saddle hunting is buying the saddle and sticks and tethers and senders and, you know, all sorts of gear in our go wild platform and the ability, if you have a profile on there to kind of list out all of the gear you're using. And if you see someone on the platform that's having good success with a saddle, you can see each piece of kit. And a lot of these people will be mixing and matching different brands uh, for their setup. So, you know, they might be using a tethered saddle with uh trophy line sticks or timber ninja sticks or mixing and matching. So um, for someone just getting into that environment, um, the saddle hunting stuff's blowing up. And at ATA this year, it was kind of interesting because you are starting to see a push into brick and mortar for them. So Tethered just came out with a new sub-brand they're calling Grit that will only be available in brick and mortar stores. It's a little bit of a lower price point, but you know, they they have their own online storefront. Um, they sell through places like us uh, and brick and mortars weren't able to keep up with all the sales and the velocity of e-commerce and Hey, it's a black Friday sale and everything's 20% off um, brick and mortar stores can keep up with it. So, so they're coming out with this grit line a little bit, more entry level stuff kind of kitted out its own branding and it will not be available for sale online. Um, the other thing you're starting to see in the saddle hunting space is there's not really an industry regulation as far as safety standards or uh, kind of an agreed upon set of criteria for how much weight should a climbing stick be able to hold? How long should a tether rope last how many seasons or how many falls so um the bigger saddle companies are trying to get together and come up with a set of standards that they can all agree upon which i think is a play for them to get into some of these bigger you know bass pro type stores that are a little bit worried about the liability of having uh untested products in their store so they're kind of putting on the big boy pants a little bit and and uh, taking things a little bit more seriously. Yeah, I think <clears throat> there's no doubt, <clears throat> excuse me, when you walk through that show, uh, saddle hunting kind of dominates. It just really did. Uh, cruiser, Latitude, Tethered, like go down the line, everybody, trophy line, like everybody has saddles, and then they're trying to take it to the next step of that or you know, diversify their portfolio, the sticks, man. The sticks out there, and I'm I'm a huge fan of my Timber Ninja sticks. I've had them for a couple of years. They're fantastic. But these guys are going above and beyond to find sticks and platforms that are, you know, different or lighter. Um, were there any that stood out that to you that were just like, wow, this is this yep. is incredible? The Trophy Line uh, Hyperlight uh, sticks and platform they came out with. Did you go see that? I know when I talked to you, you hadn't seen them you yet. You told me like 35 times I was supposed to go see them. So of course, Dan, I did every, I do everything you tell me. And I went and I found them. Good man. Well, they're, 
this material called magnite, which is a combination of magnesium and ceramic particles that uh, for strength rating, so a, a piece of magnite that's as strong as carbon fiber is 50% lighter than carbon fiber. So these things are ridiculously lightweight. And then you can machine them like anything made out of metal, you know, aluminum or anything. So they're machined to these incredibly tight tolerances where when you stack them together, they almost look like one piece of metal. There's no gap. There's no rattle. Um, now they're a super premium price point. And, you know, talking about saddle hunting and just the archery industry in general, um, you know, that's another trend we're seeing is where, you know, the archery stuff was really either super duper premium you know you're talking about a three four thousand dollar bow or super entry level and you had these brands that kind of fit into there and you know in my experience trophy line was a little bit of a cheaper brand than tethered you know timber ninja is is a, a very expensive niche brand and trophy lines come out with his sticks and i think a set of four sticks was retailing something like four hundred and twelve dollars or something so to me a super premium price point and at the same time tethered's coming out with this brand new line that is entry-level pricing so all of these brands are realizing that they don't have to be set into and it was the same thing we went to the bear archery booth and you see the super wide range of bows at every single you know from entry level to super premium from um a uh, very uh, a small price point to super expensive price points. So you kind of see these, these brands saying, Hey, if we think anyone is interested in the super premium product, we will sell it. And so for trophy line to go into that space, I think as of right now, they have the best sticks in the game. The only thing I'm a little concerned about is, um, you know, in the effort to be lighter, Sometimes you go in smaller dimensions and it can be hard to set, especially if you're like me and you got big old feet, it can be hard to get fit your feet on um, the sticks or it can be hard to get up quite as high because they're shrinking everything down and trying to make everything a little bit smaller. So, you know, I'm a little bit worried about that. Uh, for me personally, I'm rarely hiking more than a mile or two into the woods and it's in Kentucky. So it's really just light hills. I'm not doing big all day, you know, hikes with sticks. So the lightness factor, I, I'm willing to go a little bit heavier for um, a more durable and comfortable stick. Um, but as far as innovation, man, those magnite stuff, and they had a, a platform made out of the same material that nests in with it. I don't think that those are going to be available till the summer, but I'm definitely going to be in the market. I might pick some up. Nice. What else in the saddle world did you see that was uh, noteworthy? The one that I saw was, is it jacked gear? <clears throat> I don't think I went by jacked gear. I might've been in like the, uh, I don't know if awards or new, new innovate, not innovative zone, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You got this thing that attaches to your phone and like, if you got the magnet on the back, Right. oh yeah, yeah yeah yep 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 so you got your your strap around your tree where you can hang your bow your bag all that kind of stuff it's got this thing it's essentially a tether that will it, the magnet sits on the tree on the tree strap 
the tether hangs onto your phone just in case like it was a lifeline but then you you can magnetize and clip it to this the phone or the the magnet on the tree so your phone is always like right there and it's interesting because a few years ago i actually made my own little diy magnet setup where i can put my phone on my bow and i i used to use it to try to record um the shot if it happened now i think i moved up to like a bigger phone so it doesn't really hold as well i could probably adjust that but anyways it's a similar concept that your phone is kind of right there it's not buried in your pocket and that kind of stuff um i thought that was pretty sweet yeah it's cool they have uh they have uh uh you know reticulating arm for filming your hunts they also had one i was like for a gopro that you would put above you and it'd be like a wide angle but yeah magnets so hot right now Super. uh you're seeing magnets going did you see the bow spider there it's been at ata before but I've seen, it's like a holster for your bow the bow spider i've seen then there was the other one that i think one the it was like the best or the most got the number one placement whatever this is best in show the stealth rig talking about magnets did you see that one a stealth rig explain it to me um i don't know if you can see my picture but it was like it looked like a backpack uh or like a bino harness and then on the on the back of it had this big magnet that oh yeah i did see that you could clip onto the um the bow and have a huge magnet now you want to talk about magnets man holy smokes that's the, i put that harness on and dude, the dude had the demo bow that magnet was like you could pull a small child with that thing like uh if you had him hooked up very cool concept i'm not sure i loved it i'm i'm a sucker to go out and buy anything i think it's cool but like that to me i couldn't justify no it seems that seems like you throw it in the back of your truck and every time you throw it pull out your bag you'd have all sorts of random I stuff stuck nails yeah. <laughs> yeah uh a lot of the you know we're seeing a lot of um saddle hunting specific backpacks uh come out and we were looking at one from bad badlands it might not have been quote unquote saddle hunting specific but you see these bucket style bags where they're kind of designed to be accessed from the top and they were using magnets to secure the bag in an open position so instead of having all of your your pockets flop around they kind of magnetically secure um so yeah everything it seems like everything's getting a magnet now um everything's getting stealth stealth fabric you know we were actually jacob and i won in a raffle uh the new mystery ranch treehouse backpacks you got a whole bunch of goodies there man that was fun too i <laughs> pulled for that yeah there's probably what there's i bet there was a i don't know 75 people in that raffle just hanging around the booth and they draw Jacob's name, and then I'm standing right next to Jacob, and they draw my name, and then they're like, "Raffle over! We're only giving away two packs." So, and what was that pack? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Was that Mystery that was Mystery Ranch Treehouse? That was yeah, Treehouse Twenty, which they came out with last year. And you know, this is this is another good as far as the trends that we're seeing and giving the people what they want. Uh, they came out with this pack last year, and I think it just came out in like coyote brown or gray and everyone's like we want real tree we want bottomlands camo patterns so this year they came out with those and so i won the real tree sample and jacob won the bottomland sample 
And on the inside, on the product tag, it says sample. So if I was ever, not that I would do this, but if I was ever to put it up on eBay for some mystery ranch diehard, uh, uh, I could probably get a pretty penny because it's the first one in existence, a real tree, real tree camo hey, uh, tree house. Pack. Next time you get on the lo lo No Low Ballers podcast, okay, and Logan starts talking about serial numbers and all this kind of stuff, you can be like, hey, I got, I got the sample pack. Special. Yeah, I got, the, I got the original, the original real tree uh, thing. But yes, yeah, so so that's kind of another trend that we're seeing is just, you know, some of these brands like Mystery Ranch, which I kind of think is a uh, high end specialty brand. It's like, oh, if we think bottomland stuff will sell, we'll put it on our packs because that's what people want. Um, you know, we're seeing that with some of the. Uh, uh, bear archery stuff i just got a, a bow with bottomlands on it i just ordered it yesterday actually the uh the legend xr um bow which is kind of an entry-level bow but you know jacobs who, who's a relatively big bow hunter and has shot a lot of bows he was trying out the alaskan which was a little bit more expensive and he liked the draw on this legend better so for me i think it'll work out well but yeah so you're seeing a lot of that seeing a lot of those those giving the people what they want stuff. You're seeing a lot of the stealth, like this mystery ranch bag where uh, the big marketing ploy is, you know, getting into this bag as quiet as possible by using quiet fabrics, quiet zippers, magnets, um, that sort of stuff. Um, you know, really, I would say as far as the technology goes, it seems like, all of the tech to be successful on a hunt exists. And now all of the products are just, how do you not screw up the hunt? Like you already know how to be successful, but you screw it up because your sticks clang together or you screw it up because you drop your cell phone out of the tree or you screw it up, you know, because you're wearing swoosh, swoosh fabric when you're walking in or whatever. So it's like now all the tech is, how do you not screw up your hunt? Um, that was the big, that was kind of the big theme. And I, uh, on another level of that, one of the things I got sucker, I don't want to say suckered into because it's, it's important to me. Um, did you see, it was back by the innovation zone. It might've been in the innovation zone. The thing that like you can stretch and, and kind of like get you warmed up to shoot. Would it look like a slingshot? Yeah. Yeah. Neon it colors. Like a deflated condom. Well, a what? A deflated condom uh maybe we're not on the same page were we at the same conference I saw, um <laughs> I saw this, and it was like an elephant condom on a stick and you're supposed to put an arrow in it and drop it was in the innovation zone no, uh, <clears throat> different so my <clears throat> what i was drawn to that i'm sure i'm <laughs> sure i don't know why but i saw that that's it the uh <laughs> No, this thing is like essentially it's like a it's like a rubber or a warm up band, right? So you it's got the ability you like hold on and just kind of stretch, getting your shoulder warmed up. And I, as I get older, uh, I have more body parts breaking down day by day. So to me, that was like if I can pull this out and even just like get myself a couple good stretches both directions before I get out into the woods or warming up in the yard or whatever, um, that'll be worth it. I can't, maybe I can't go out and shoot a dozen arrows before I go out at four o'clock in the morning. But if I can just do this to get that, that motion and like they had different tension bands. Um, and it's really no different than like an exercise band, but more kind of custom made for archery. I should have brought it down here with me, but, um, 
that was one that I, I thought was really interesting. And then on the, in the same booth, they had this thing, similar concept, and essentially it was to help work on um, your release and target panic and stuff, which so you don't screw up the hunt, right? Um, which that's a major thing for me. I thought that was interesting. I should. I wish I had the name of that. Let me see if I can find it here real quick. Um, yeah, this thing I saw, it was uh, like a slingshot, but you put an arrow in this deflated balloon and you kind of pinch it and pull back the deflated balloon. And then when you release it, it fires the arrow. And it was in the innovation center. I don't know who would use it or why. I didn't see that. I didn't see that, but then again, I'm not an old man like you, so I just blow by. Bullshit, Dan. We graduated the same year, okay? We're the same age. Well, Braden, who's younger than us, you know, he was struggling with a shoulder injury and at the end of the season was reverting to using uh, a, a crossbow just because he was never sure in the morning would he have the shoulder, you know, I think he had nerve pain or or something in his shoulder. So he was always kind of touch and go. And I'm sure something like that, or if you're, you know, up in a tree in weather like this, where it's 17 degrees all day and your shoulder's getting cold, maybe, maybe, but maybe Braden needs to get one of those. Maybe stretch him out a little bit. I don't think he likes using that crossbow as he shouldn't. Um, Come on, Braden. But it was cool. I felt like the show was a little bit smaller this year. That was one of my questions for you overall. What'd you think? Uh, I thought it was good, you know, um, it, it's, the saddle hunting stuff, obviously, that stuff all gets kind of the hype because it's it's where all the money seems to be right now. Uh, so I kind of felt bad for this, the smaller companies that are just doing little... Um, you know, little $15, $20 gadgets that, that are just hard to retail. But, you know, on Go Wild, we tell people, just make a profile with your company name. It's free. You know, say, I don't know what that, that stretching gadget was, but they can make a profile on Go Wild and, and talk it up and point to their Shopify store and go direct to consumer. And, you know, those sorts of things with, Forums like Reddit or Go Wild or, you know, Bowhunter or, you know, whoever, if if you have a good product, uh, people will find out about it and seek you out. So at the same time, there's no better time to be um, kind of breaking into the space because it's so easy to get direct to the to the customer and set up you know, a Shopify store in a day and start selling your product. So, uh, so yeah, overall, smaller. The show is... Uh this was the third year we've been there and that was the smallest of the shows. St. Louis was yeah. an interesting city. Um, I won't dive into that, but like the show itself did seem smaller. We, ever since we've been going, we, we miss out the, the biggest bow companies are not there, right? Matthews, they're Hoyt. They're not there. Uh, so you don't get a whole lot in that bear and PSE are always there. Um, getting, you know, their name out there and showing their newest models and all that kind of stuff. There was some other, I mean, I didn't feel like the clothing, uh, there was a ton of clothing retailers there this year or, um, yeah, you know, I was thinking I've never seen first light at any trade show. Do they even do trade shows? Uh, not on that. So the, uh, um, but I know there was, there was, there was other ones that were missing. And then, um, I don't know. It, it's, 
Well, we're we're going to Shot Show next week, and you know, Shot Show is traditionally a firearms show, and for the first time, they're having a little archery section, and like I think Tethered's going to be there. Um, I looked at the list. There's a couple other. I mean, it's not. It's probably a quarter the size of ATA, but it's just the first year shots doing it, and if it goes well, uh, this year, I mean, I'm sure if I had to choose between St. Louis or Las Vegas for a uh, middle of winter road trip, I'd be choosing Vegas. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure, um, you know, cause it was the same thing with uh, the great American outdoor show. You've got these big complicated booths that have to travel on a tractor trailer across the country and they'll get hit by snow delays. And, you know, you really risk, a lot having your trade show in the middle, the middle of the winter. So, uh, shot show might kind of derail ATA, and you know I think as bow hunting in general becomes more mainstream and more favorable. You know I'm trying to get into it just because in Kentucky it adds a month to my season. Uh, so as as it becomes more favorable and more mainstream, it's going to be in the getting in the bigger shows, and I don't know if you'll need to have a niche show like ata uh that just focuses on it um you know that that's going to be interesting and you know i was kind of waiting for that with the with the saddle stuff is to start start seeing more gadgets and saddle gear designed for gun hunting um which i still haven't seen very much of yet yeah. um but the, uh, yeah i'm trying to think of other things that were kind of i don't want to say new uh, but heavily pushed. I, I feel like there was a lot of uh, e-bike and e-scooter, whatever, those kind of things. Those, those continue to be um, kind of a hot item in, in the, the trade show. And then I, I will tell you, I, I was looking through some of the optics that Athlon had, uh, and those were very nice, very nice. Um, so there are still and some of it. I mean, their thermal technology and stuff. We're not talking about new technology per se, just kind of a new spin on it. Um, but yeah, and the Athlon's been coming out with a bunch of um, filling in their product lines. So you know they'll have they'll have a, a line of scopes, and it'll be like, oh, there's a two to seven X or a you know four to eighteen X. And then they'll go back in a year later and then add in, oh, here's a, you know, three to five X and here's a eight to 10 X or, or, you know, filling in all those gaps as they become bigger, they're, they're not necessarily trying to spin off and do all these new things. They're just giving you more and more options, more reticle options, more objective lens sizes, that sort of stuff. So yeah, some of their, um, Product lines. I'm trying to think of the one that starts with H, Hepras scopes. Anyways, I, I bet it has 15 different variants in it now. When you combine all of the different reticle types, you combine all the different magnifications and objective lenses. Uh, it's a huge product line. So yeah, their their booth seems to be getting bigger and bigger um, every day. And th and they're one of those brands that's going to both ATA and Shot. So. I mean, they're sitting there looking at, and besides the binoculars and rangefinders, the scopes and stuff, that's not, that's not archery. I mean, do they have a crossbow scope? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Maybe that, right. That, okay. That yeah. part of it, but 
some of the other stuff that they were kind of showcasing up there was not designed for archery but yeah and i mean really that shows for retailers so you know like i said i gun hunt out of my tree or my uh, my saddle so i'm one of those people who is interested in the saddle hunting but am also interested in the gun scopes so i think we'll start seeing a lot more crossover like that where it'd be really cool if tethered invented some sort of fancy you know rifle sling that you could attach to your hys strap and you know pivots in some way or you know like um the fourth arrow or the jacked pivoting arms you know they i know they make some of those for um tree stands that you would clamp your gun to and kind of support your guns and pivots around it'd be cool to see a saddle company do that and incorporate that into a hys strap or something um so so yeah good show all in all easy for us because like i said go wild we have so many brands lined up and it's funny because i don't know were you there when when the go wild member came up to us i don't know um so we were talking with uh uh one of the he might have been the ceo of mystery ranch or an executive at mystery ranch who you know most executives are older gentlemen and they're not up to the social media standards and stuff and we were kind of talking about go wild we're we're pretty far along in the process we're going through the final steps of getting them live on our site and they're still kind of like not really sure what it is and this guy came up and was we were talking to him and he kind of hovers around us and the executive looks at him and is like can i help you and he goes oh i was hoping i could get a picture with these guys it was me and jacob he's like i'm on, the, I'm on go wild i love it you know blah 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 blah. i want to get a picture of you guys and post it on the the site and the executive was like oh this is kind of crazy hey. so we took a picture in front of the mystery ranch booth and posted it on go wild uh but it was one of those things where for us kind of validating the go wild um reputation right now is more important than necessarily getting more brands in and not only with new clients like that but circling back to you know tethered and trophy line and some of these other brands that we've worked with for a year or two um is always nice because obviously they know who, who we are and and whatnot but yeah um yeah. But yeah, you're not going to shot, right? We are not. Nope. Have you been to shot? I have not. If we go next year, we should try to get you guys get you guys some uh, passes. So I've got a work conference that usually coincides with that every year, but I'm not opposed to the idea at all. Um, I would definitely. Be where's, your, where's your work conference? This year it's in Daytona. Next year I think it's in Palm springs california that one might work um just hop in a car and then drive down the road for real work but we'll figure it out we'll figure it out so um well dan is there anything else uh, from the ata side of things nope no it was a quick show we were only there one day um we got our free stuff we shook some hands we met some people and we called it um it's just good to see kind of brands that no one's heard of three or four years ago now all of a sudden being the bell of the ball so very cool well i'm getting i'm getting text messages from your boss that says that you need to stay away from the elephant condoms at um 
the shot show. So make sure that you steer clear of that. And uh, uh, we'll if if anything does come out of the shot show, I want to hear about it. So you got to let us know. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll catch up. All right. Thanks, Dan. I'll see you.